Hello and welcome to the Final Siren Podcast. Thanks to Draft Central. Head to afl.draftcentral.com.au for the best insight into the talent pathways across Aussie rules football. We're continuing our mini-series in this edition, taking a look at the key prospects heading towards the 2019 AFLW Draft. We've previously looked at the defenders and forwards in the last couple of editions, so go back and have a listen to that if you're interested. On this edition, though, we're taking a look at the midfield prospects and the key rucks, and as I welcome in the Chief Editor of Draft Central, Pete Williams, there's quite a few names that we need to go through. Yeah, there certainly is, and realistically, there probably could be quite a few more as well. We've discussed them in the defence and and forward, uh, I guess, podcasts in the past. So if if you're a player that sort of considers yourself predominantly a midfielder but can play in the other positions from from those that were high up in the uh, AFLW chance, certainly go back and have a listen because um, we knew that this podcast would be particularly large, so we split up a few. So. Um, the likes of Gemma LaJoya, Elizabeth Georgia Stathis, Bella Dawes, they're all in past ones just to try and break it up a little bit so we didn't have, you know, 20-odd midfielders or 30-odd midfielders that we could name. And and likewise, like, if, if we're not saying your name here, that doesn't mean there's uh, any less chance. It's just it's that stack that we've sort of tried to cut it down so this doesn't go on forever. Otherwise, it'll be draft time and uh, this podcast will still be playing. So. <laughs> which uh, I don't think anyone would be happy with, uh, including me, because I need a coffee. Um, the, the the other thing we should point out is that the ones that we've named, particularly for the midfield, we've had to go the cream of the crop. Mm. So the, these are the, the ones that are definitely going to get drafted. Um, we're, we're not looking in the previous editions. We've, we've sort of had a look at those that might go further down the order in, in the state-based mm. drafts, but we've had to really clamp it in and considering that this in itself is a bit long-winded. We should probably get into it. Let's start with Georgia Patrikios, the MVP of the Under-18 AFLW Championship Series, as well as the Vic Metro side. An out-and-out star. Um, mm. Really talented. Uh, a captain, so got great leadership material uh, coming from the Colder Cannons, leading them to a grand final berth earlier in the year. It's just someone that's got all the qualities of being a good, solid player for the next decade. Yeah, for sure. She's a player that really stepped up at the champs after um, she sort of admitted she hadn't played her best footy during the Nablee girls. She put a bit too much pressure on herself. And um, once she got to the champs, it sort of, I guess, um, released the shackles and she was able to just play her own game and, and really get going. And, and her outside work was just terrific. She's got some of the best agility of anyone going around, particularly on field anyway. Um, so she's a player that just owns the wing, can play half forward, play half back. Um, but particularly on that wing, she's a pretty dominant player and, um, yeah, no doubt she'll be right up in contention when it comes to those uh, top couple of picks. She's someone that can also impact the scoreboard, but hold a defensive role. So we were talking before about those that are versatile to play anywhere on the ground. She's got the ability to do that. Probably not the strongest person Mm -hmm. at it, but in desperate times can go in and that cool, calm head with that leadership ability that she does have enables her to still have an influence wherever she is on the ground. Yeah, she's certainly got a lot of versatility in her game and she wants to build up her strength to be able to play more of an inside role, but she certainly um, is able to chase down opponents and uh, force turnovers and create pressure. So she's certainly a player that um, no doubt every AFLW club would love to have on their list. Uh, it Just not too many of them are going to get a look at her. So 
Um, yeah, she's just a terrific talent and certainly one who will have an impact from early on in her career. Some incredible highlights coming out of the championships as well. So if you get a chance to go back and take a look at the matches featuring Vic Metro, there's a few where Georgia Patrikios mm. just somehow ends up with a footy and puts it to good use. That's the type of player that she is. And the same can be said for the next player, also from the Vic Metro side. She was the premiership captain in the NAB League Girls 2019 season. Gabby Newton. Now, we've had a little conversation off air about where she could potentially play. I think she's more, she's more not quite key position. She's probably the second or third string inside either attacking 50 or defensive 50 with the ability to run through the middle. You seem to think she's more of a midfielder that can then go yep. into those other roles. Yep, definitely. Um, I think that as good as she is in the forward line or in defence... I think that her ability, her running capacity is a little wasted um, down there just because she's such a great player and she, she can run, she can leap, she can she can go into the ruck if she chooses. Like She's just that um, potentially that ruck that could be the extra midfielder, although she is a little bit short compared to the AFLW ruck, so she will probably play as that midfield. Probably start on a wing and a, or a flank early on. Um, she'll still be building areas of her game, but she's certainly got the complete package, if you like. She's got to just build up all, all I guess, across the board for her um, improvements, like whether it's endurance or whether it's, you know, just uh, improving certain aspects of her game. But certainly in terms of her, you know, overhead marking, her goal kicking, her um, accumulation, the footy, like she seems to do it all. So she's just a really consistent product. And and, and like Patrikios, you expect she'll probably go very high in the first few picks. And to demonstrate how versatile that she is, on during the week on the Gold Coast, where we had three uh, days of action on each day, she was somewhere different. So I think she was defence mm. first day, forward second day, midfield third day, something like that. So that just goes to show the versatility of her. And again, the same can be said for the next prospect that we're going to take a look at, Lucy McAvoy. Now, that's a name that's being mentioned in and around the top end, and when we say top end, the number one pick for this year, there was a, a little bit of news given that she's decided to nominate for the Victorian metropolitan area, I think it was. So not going with the Geelong region that many thought that mm. she might nominate for. Yeah, so that's really thrown an interesting one into the works because now I think that um, it looks likely she'll probably go pick one uh, to the Bulldogs, which is a great selection, although either of the other two that we just spoke about are, are riding contention as well. But McAvoy, look, she can she's the definition of utility. Not so much, um, uh, I guess, the ruck aspect that Newton might have. Doesn't quite have that athleticism in terms of her leap, but she's just a workhorse, just runs so hard across the ground, um, never gives in. She'll often have someone closely watching her and she'll just keep working hard throughout the game, consistent as any other player, probably the most consistent of any of the players in the whole um, draft crop. And look, I think she's going to be, yeah, straight in the team from round one and have an impact. And um, she's got leadership in spades. She's been captaining since she was 16, triple Australian. So she was all Australian when, um, you know, when she was 16 and, Whatnot. So some of the ones that are now established AFLW players, um, you, you, you know, your Lily Miffins and your um, Eden Zankers and, and whatnot from a couple of years ago, Chloe Malloy's and, and whatnot, that year level, um, she was in the All-Australian team when they were running around as the best prospects. So that gives you an idea of just how good these 
um, uh, of how good McAvoy is and from an early age. So she's certainly one that um, I think uh, will have a real impact early on. Sophie Molan is the next player that we'll take a look at, also from the Vic Country region, and again is someone that has leadership qualities. Yeah, she's one that, you know, just a terrific leader. Um, I've sort of mentioned it previously, but I went up to a game up at Mars Stadium and up there, she she basically did the pre-game warm-up. There weren't any coaches on the ground. She just ran all the players through their paces, got them doing warm-ups and everything like that, and then the coaches came on later. So she's just a natural-born leader, arguably, aside from obviously McAvoy, who's captain for three years, she's probably the next one in line that's just been naturally born into that role and and has led from the front and look she can play in multiple positions as well um mostly mid and forward she's a strong mark overhead she'll often play midfield for three quarters of say a term and then go forward for a few minutes and potentially take a strong mark and kick a goal so look she's got some great attributes and and like the others is right up there in in top end contention the next player is an interesting one, Mia King from Tassie. There's been a lot of talk about her ability and and just her general game, the way that she plays. She's tied, given the Tasmanian connection, she's tied with the North Melbourne Tasmania Kangaroos, so we anticipate that she'll enter that lineup. Mm. And given that Scott Gowans was a pretty intrigued onlooker during that AFLW mm. Championship week up on the Gold Coast, you'd expect that's where she'll end up. So... More than going into her skills and ability, how do you think she'll complement the existing North Melbourne Tasmania Kangaroos lineup? Yeah, well, I mean, it's already ridiculously strong, but we know they've got their tools sorted and they've got that really top end talent. I think what um, King adds is that extra inside grunt that allows some of the other players that might be a bit more balanced to win more of the outside ball, like it might allow and Emma Kearney potentially to win um, a bit more outside ball and have more of an influence out there or, or push, you, you know, those kind of players that are right in there that can do either of the roles sort of out a little bit and, and, and I guess, get in there. And um, she's already ready-made to play that. Like, she loves the contest, loves the inside ball, massive tackler. Um, she just hunts the footy, hunts the opposition. And she's a player that I think going forward, certainly she um, wants to build her outside game, but her inside game is just terrific and, and some of the best of anyone in here. Taylor Peskid, the next player that we'll take a look at in this edition of the Final Siren podcast, thanks to Draft Central, had an incredibly solid week on the Gold Coast. Don't think she did anything flashy, but she didn't really need to. And there's a reason why we've put her into the calculations as a top prospect. Yeah, there's there's the West Australian group as a whole is really interesting because we've got two teams now and a lot of the players that I guess were MVP or close to MVP um, are actually being pre-listed. So you're sort of in that next group and, and Taylor Peskett's certainly in that next group of a, a couple or a handful of them um, that really impressed. Look, she plays a different role. She's a defensive type um, midfielder who can also rotate into the back line and, and sort of just really accountable, still wins her own ball. Um, I think she had about 11 touches a game or so um, at the champs. And look, she's someone who just, you know, is fierce, uh, love, loves the contest, loves winning one-on-ones, very competitive. And um, it'll be interesting to see how she goes, but she's certainly one of the, the higher-up WA prospects that are available in the draft. Hannah Munyard is the next player that we'll take a look at, and she's got that little bit of X factor about her. 
Yeah, she's um she's South Australia's top midfielder in my opinion, uh, in terms of her upside and her skills. Look, she uses the ball really well. She's got absolutely terrific um athleticism as a whole, like her agility, her speed her endurance, her vertical leap, the whole lot. Like she's just, in terms of her athleticism um, as a package, she's probably in the top two or three um, across everyone. So she's a player that I think, well, obviously being South Australian, that the Crows would take a real good look at given that um, her athletic profile is good enough to match it with AFLW players as it stands. Um, I know speaking to her, she hope to um, build a bit more size to be able to play inside and, and have more of a influence on the contest uh, right at the coalface. And uh, I guess add that string to her bow going forward and um, win a bit more of the ball in there. Someone that is that contested ball already. And there were a couple of crunching tackles that she laid on the Gold Coast uh, back in the middle of the year. Jamie Tab has got great skills. And I think she's someone that, the championships helped her development and get noticed as a potential prospect. Yeah, I think um, she's one that really, her, her performance at the Champs really propelled her up um, higher than she already was. Like, she was still thereabouts in the periphery, if you like, but um, she was always an accumulator. She knew how to tackle and whatnot, but she was able to make good decisions and and able to move well around the ground and, and whatnot. And, well, Under pressure, too. Yeah, definitely. And and she's a, she's a midfielder who... I guess, you know, earned the right to go to the draft combine. So she had, she had enough interest in her. Um, and certainly, uh, you know, if, if she was to get picked up by Adelaide or, or another club, then she certainly had something to them. Um, and, yeah, she's just sort of that bit of the opposite, I guess, to Munyan. She loves cracking in, loves winning the ball, um, really big tackler. Um, and she has sort of started to develop the outside of her game. So sort of just that, I guess, athleticism and whatnot, keep building that area, and certainly that's where um, she can improve and, and become a better player too. We head to Queensland next for the final couple of midfielders that we'll take a look at. Um, and again, similar to Western Australia, a, a unique position given the Gold Coast Suns have the ability to pre-list players. So it's taken a couple out of the equation. Tani White, though, is the first player that we'll take a look at. Why do you have her in the bunch of that, not not the top top tier, but almost the, the second Second preference, I think, would be the way of describing it. Yeah, well, I think if she'd um, had a clear run at it, she might well be in those top few names. But um, to give a bit of a backstory quickly, she's um, she was All-Australian under-16s level, so the same team that Lucy, Lucy McAvoy made a few years ago, um, she was in that team as well. She was the only other 16-year-old. Then, unfortunately, she did her ACL, missed her bottom age year, so she was 12 months out, and then came back and has played this year um, and just really started to hit her straps at the champs and got better as the games went on. And I think the fact that she can sort of play anywhere on the field as well, like you could almost put her as a defender, you could put her as a forward, you could say she's a, a midfielder, uh, probably it'll be more of a wing, but um, look, she's just a real talent, got some great athleticism about her and, um, you know, fingers crossed she's able to continue her um, durability, staying fit Um Certainly she's got talent because anyone who can make the All-Australian team at 16 has got some serious talent. Lily Postlethwaite, the final player that we'll take a look at from a midfielder perspective. Um, where, is, where is her best position on the ground? Oh, yeah, definitely definitely in the midfield. Look, she's a... Is uh, it? Yeah. Because, I again, i got a little Barney with you because I, I reckon it's more a half-back flank role. 
don't know what you're talking about, to be honest. Okay. Um, um, she's definitely a she's definitely a midfield, <laughs> definitely Obviously a midfielder. Um, look, she's uh, look, she's on the smaller side, but she certainly she attacks the ball well. Um, she can play inside, play outside. She does have the versatility, but she's just a, a clearance expert, and um, you know, she just wins the ball. And to be honest, if she was um, available like, or looking at it from a Victorian perspective, I think she'd be in the conversation with those top three players. I think she's just, she's got a lot of class. She uses the ball well. She's got a long kick for a smaller player. Um, she's a great leader. She just does everything right. So she's, we've said it about the top few players, but she's sort of the complete package and doesn't do too much wrong. So it's um, a really exciting time for Queensland. The Rucks. Now, where do we rate? There's a couple of standout rucks that we'll get to in a moment, but Molly Dennehy-Maloney, why is she in the conversation? Yeah, well, she's sort of the, uh, I guess, top Victorian prospect, if you like, hailing from Sandringham Dragons. She's a real athlete, um, still developing her football side of her game. She got better at champs, like she's been building throughout the year, and um, still has a while to go to um, really, I guess, impact against the AFLW rucks, but certainly the the type that is coming along nicely and, and got that athleticism that'll help her at the next level. Eloise Hillis-Stanbrook, another player that's probably just a touch off the top two that we'll get to in a moment. Yeah, well, she's come from a long way back. Uh, she wasn't originally from a footy background. She's come in. Um, this is like her first proper full year of elite sort of football and um, she sort of impressed at the champs. She had some nice signs, um, didn't win as many hit outs as some of the others, but she worked hard around the ground and, um, you know, had them covered in, in multiple areas. So she's someone who I think that certainly the uh, recruiters would look at and, and see as someone who has a lot of upside, a lot of development, if they can harness her raw talent and certainly um, see her progress to the next level. Mim Strom is one of the top ruck prospects, a Western Australian. She really impressed me during the, the week on the Gold Coast with not only her ruck work, but also given that she's probably not the most athletic ruck going around, her ability to move around the ground to intercept, to apply pressure. I think that was a strong quality that improved over the week, even though there were only three games to get a sample size from. But it seemed as though that that was an aspect of her game that she's been focusing on. And it's something that's, in in addition to the rut work, makes her an incredibly uh, tantalising prospect for one of the Western Australian clubs. Yeah, she's she's a player that... Um you know, really surprised me at the champs because she's come a long way. I didn't really know much about her before the champs and she's come in and really had a big impact and, and someone who, you know, she leaps high, but it's not just that. Like a lot of rucks will often um, leap up, tap the ball, and that'll be the end of their job, but she'll often tap it down and if her midfielder doesn't get it, she'll often lay the tackle or, or at least be in there with her presence trying to win the ball again. So she'll immediately, her recovery and second efforts is um, really, really good. And she's a player that, again, is still quite raw but she's got the uh, some really great talent and if they can uh, whichever club drafts her if they can develop her further then certainly um, she's one to keep an eye out on that's scary given that she still has so much room to grow and Mm. she's already incredibly good as is the next player and the final one that we'll take a look at uh, without a doubt the number one Mm. ruck prospect in the country coming from South Australia a lot's been talked about Montana McKinnon what makes her, like if we compare her to a Mim Strom, what makes her the out-and-out out top 
ruck prospect coming through in this year's draft. Well, I think comparing her to all the other rucks uh, is her contested marking because um, when you come through the under-18s, obviously, and this this can be boys or girls, there's a lot of players that probably, they, they might be tall or bigger than the opposition, but they're not always the best contested marks. But Montana McKinnon can really clunk marks. She can go up for them, um, bring them down, and if she doesn't, she'll definitely provide a contest, often taking out a couple of bodies to allow her crummers to, to then grab the ball. She can play through the ruck, play up forward. Um, she's already been really impressive at uh, Sample Women's League level, so playing against senior players and look she's ready to go and um yeah she's the standout south australian prospect and certainly one who um you know she's probably looking to build other areas of her game uh, her running power and whatnot but certainly when it comes to her contested marking her ability to hit the scoreboard when she is forward and and just her ruck work as a whole she's she's just strong and and really clever and her footy iq is really high and um yeah she's just a player that i think um has a long career ahead of her and and certainly one that has really impressed over the past couple of years. That's the bit that really stood out for me during the championships, the game awareness, um, just her knowledge. I know that I've continued to harp on about that with the under-18 girls this year, but Mm. just her ability to position herself incredibly well and, as you said, take those intercept marks in pressured situations. There's not too many players that can do that, even with her size advantage. Um, and she is a, a very special talent, a unique talent, I'd suggest, for a ruck position, given that she's got that all-ground ability, um, and it's going to be exciting to see her and all the other names that we've mentioned over the last couple of podcasts, how they enter the AFLW system but continue to grow and develop as part of an elite structure. So that's exciting. Before we wrap things up on this edition, Pete, the number one draft pick. Who is it? Uh, Lucy McAvoy is the one I'm going to go with. She didn't, yeah. didn't have time to think about that or anything. No, I'm, I'm pretty confident in that one. I think um, Lucy McAvoy will be top, and then probably Georgia Patrikios and Gabby Newton after that, if we're talking the big pool. So, um, and obviously the ones we've ma- named, uh, you know, I'd expect Lily Postlethwaite to be the first Queenslander and Montana McKinnon probably looking first South Australian. So, um, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. Um but certainly those players are the ones that have stood out for me across the whole year. Like if you're looking at the, the performances, the, the, those five players I just named, I think they're the, the five that have really impressed. And if I've learned anything, listeners, you can rarely argue with Pete Williams, so that's probably on the money. Uh, thank you for uh, helping us dissect some of the abilities for the key prospects heading towards the 2020 draft. That just about wraps things up from an under-18 girls perspective from this year. I think we might, I know I didn't originally have it on the, the planning sheet, but we might wrap up the draft uh, once it all is done and dusted on the 22nd of October to recap who your clubs picked out and how we think it might complement uh, the side. So we might uh, we might do yep. a little bit of work on that. Now that I've said it, though, we've yep. got to do it. So there you go. So yep. one more to come in the Under-18 Girls edition of the Final Siren podcast. And make sure you head to afl.draftcentral.com.au because there are plenty of player profiles. Get a bit of the backstory of these players. There's been a lot of them. We heard a lot up on the yep. Gold Coast. There's uh, over 80. <laughs> there, yeah, there is a lot. Um <laughs> 
But we heard their backstory, some of the sacrifices mm. that have been made for players to make training, let alone matches, mm. and the fact that this is probably the most talented crop coming through. Uh, I know that the competition's only entering its fourth yeah. season, but this is the most talented pool. And some of the stories are hard to believe in some cases. Mm, so definitely. all available on the Draft Central website, afl.draftcentral.com.au. You can also keep up to date through the social media channels. Yep, at Draft Central Oz AUS on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Thank you very much to the Chief Editor, Pete Williams. I'm Matthew Cox. We'll catch you next time here on the Final Siren Podcast. Thanks to Draft Central. Draft Central.